Hello everyone and welcome to episode 33 of Added Time and another newsworthy week of football has been gone and I'm here to discuss it. I'm here to talk about it. Let's talk about Erling Haaland. Smashing records left, right and centre. Let's talk about the Premier League and what I mainly want to talk about this week is the relegation battle that is going on currently in the Premier League because there are at least six teams, if not more, that could go down. And it's going to be an exciting end to the season if, of course, your team isn't involved in a relegation battle, which... Unfortunately, mine is, and you know this. And I am going to try and avoid talking about Leicester too much and going on a big, big old run because everything that has been said or needs to be said has been said. So there's no point. There's no point in me throwing my two pence worth in. If you want to see what my thoughts are, go to my Twitter at Added Football. And you can see all of my Leicester-related tweets there. I also appeared, I say appeared, they used one of my voice notes that I sent in. I was also on the When You're Smiling podcast, which is a Leicester City podcast done by BBC Radio Leicester. I left a voice note responding to a question around, do Leicester have the fight to stay up? So if you want to hear that, uh, it's on my Twitter, but it's also on the podcast itself. But before we go any further, let's have a Premier League review and let's have a look at the results from the weekend just gone. Now, I said it at the time, didn't I? That wouldn't it just be typical of football for Bournemouth to beat Liverpool less than a week after Liverpool beat Man United 7-0? And what happens? Bournemouth win 1-0. Unfortunately, for those teams that are down at the bottom, Bournemouth did win. I forgot to mention last week as well that actually I I completely forgot that earlier on in the season, Liverpool put nine past Bournemouth and it led to Scott Parker getting the sack. So this was revenge and it was just so typical of football. Mo Salah missed a penalty, wasn't even saved. It went wide. Tried to put it in the top corner and it went wide. Like I say, not a great result for those down at the bottom. Um, But fair play to Brighton. Sorry, Bournemouth. (laughs) Uh, Fair play to Bournemouth for winning that and picking up some points, unfortunately. Another team down there that picked up points, Everton with a 1-0 win against Brentford, Brentford's 12-game unbeaten run comes to an end and Brentford are in action tonight as well away at Southampton. So let's see if they can make amends for the weekend and pick up three points there. Uh, I hope they do because Southampton are slowly but surely climbing up that table very slowly. But they're closing the gap more than anything. Leeds 2, Brighton 2. So again, a team down there in the bottom picking up points. And Brighton are in action tonight against their rivals. It's not a derby game. Their rivals, Crystal Palace. 
that kicks off. It's already kicked off, actually, at the time of recording. So there we go. We'll see what happens in that game. But two, uh, a point there for Leeds. God, I can't get my words out. A point there for Leeds and a much-needed point nonetheless. Unfortunately, a team that did not pick up any points at the weekend that are down at the bottom that desperately, desperately need points was my club, Leicester City. They were beaten 3-1 by Chelsea. Like I say, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of the game uh, and, you know, analyse it. It's been what's, whatever's been, needs to be said has been said, like I said, like I said earlier. And look, Ben Chilwell with a goal for me, poor goalkeeping. Uh, there's been a bit of debate around, you know, his celebration. Obviously, Leicester fans do not like Ben Chilwell and there's a lot more to it than just, oh, how dare he leave our club? And you can read all about that online. Uh, and I find it very interesting that you've got so-called experts like Rio Ferdinand who are paid handsomely to give analysis and give insight, uh, who who said that Chilwell was right to do the celebration that he did and he's glad that he gave the Leicester fans some stick back, which is absolutely fine. You know, I, I, I do kind of get it. You have got to just sit there and, and take it almost. But it did make me laugh that, you know, you know Leicester fans should be they should appreciate what Ben Chilwell did for the club. They should appreciate the fact that they got 50 million out of him. And they should also appreciate the fact that he was part of the title winning team. Is that right, Rio? Because actually he didn't play a single game in the 15-16 season. Do your research before you start mouthing off. Thank you. Just wanted to get that one out of the way. Uh, Chelsea did look decent. I thought Enzo Fernandez was, was really, really good. I thought Havertz's goal was very, very clever, very, very special. Um, and the third goal just absolutely killed it off. I think the the highlight for me, and, and this just sort of shows where Leicester are at the moment, the highlight for me was uh, Mudrick scoring, not realising he was offside and giving it the full Didier Drogba on the knees. Uh, it took a while for him to realise he was offside, but he did get an assist for the third goal. The chance to Wesley Fofana, which, again, it made me laugh. He, he, he got subbed off and he had to walk around the pitch and he just got abused by the Leicester fans. Um, hopefully, it didn't go too far. I mean, the chant itself, some people have said, was out of order. And he was there shaking his head. I mean, what does the guy expect? The way he forced his way out of the club and going back to Ben Chilwell for me pretty much the same forced his way out of the club down tools was was crap for for six months because he didn't want to be there um so yeah two small highlights for me in what was a poor game uh, lots of booze at the end of the game chance of Rogers out didn't join in with them now I'm not saying that that makes me some sort of amazing person uh, or anything like that I'm just still very much on the fence, but I am, I'm not on the fence, actually. I am heading towards Rogers out, but I am neither, neither in or out at the moment. So there we go. Let's move on from that. 
Spurs beat Nottingham Forest 3-1. Harry Kane was in the goals there. And Man City beat Crystal Palace 1-0. Erling Haaland with a goal there. Uh, On to Sunday, Arsenal, who I thought were absolutely excellent against Fulham. Really, really good. Responding to Man City winning. And this just shows, I think, where, where Arsenal are at the moment. They are they're relentless. They've got the the correct mentality. Arteta's got that team playing. And they are still very much, you know, there's still very much a great chance of them winning the league. I do think it's going to be tight. I've had a look at some of the fixtures coming up. They do need to play each other, Man City and Arsenal. You know, Arsenal need to play Chelsea as well. And Chelsea look a little bit resurgent. We, we shall see how far that goes. But yeah, Arsenal, Arsenal are just so, so, so good at the minute. And Odegaard, what a player. Uh, Martinelli is is back in the goals as well. So on they march and they are still top of the league. Uh, Man United weren't able to respond in the league with a win following last, following the defeat against Liverpool. They drew nil-nil with Southampton. Uh, the main talking point from this game really was the Casemiro red card. Now, for me, it was a red card. I'm just going to say that I'd, I've I have seen a lot of United fans say it was never a red. Look, football has moved on, and what wasn't a red even 20 years ago is now a red. Uh, I think he. I, I think it was a red. The thing that I think has annoyed a lot of people is the lack of consistency again with VAR. So the VAR referee was Andrew Mariner, who the day before refereed the Leicester Chelsea game. And even with the bluest of blue-tinted glasses, Ricardo Pereira should have been sent off. The tackle that he did in Jao, on Jao Felix in the first half was a leg-breaker and, in my opinion, should have gone. And that's why people are annoyed. It's the lack of consistency. The same referee in the space of 24 hours has given two different decisions. Because Casemiro initially was yellow-carded and then the VAR... Told, told the referee, VAR, Andrew Mariner, told the referee, on-pitch referee, to go to the screen and have a look. And the decision was changed to a red. So the same referee is coming up with two different outcomes for, for both equally bad challenges. Both were reds, in my opinion. So inconsistencies and people getting, people getting very much upset over that. So Casemiro is now suspended for four games because that's his second red of the season so he's not had a in terms of the league uh he's not he's not having a great time i still think for me he has made a huge difference to united and it will be interesting to see how united uh get on without him i think they will be fine looking at the fixtures that he misses i don't think it will be the end of the world to be honest uh, at the Olympic Stadium or London Stadium, whatever it's called, West Ham picked up a point against Aston Villa. Ollie Watkins, no relish, no relation, um, was back in the goals or, or continuing to score. So he's done brilliant. He's doing brilliant. And he's only a couple of goals off from his best ever season. And then Newcastle picked up a win, beating Wolves 2-1. Almiron back in the goals there as well. So that was the weekend's fixtures and the review, the Premier League review, as I like to call it. 
Now, let's talk about Erling Haaland. So last night, Man City played RB Leipzig in the second leg of their Champions League. Uh, I think it was round of 16 game. Uh, it was 1-1 from the first leg. So, you know, it's knockout football now. And let's just say it how it is. Erling Haaland is an absolute phenom. He is ridiculous. And Man City were Man City were amazing. They were absolutely unbelievable last night. Was there an element of Leipzig being poor? Yes. You know, Leipzig defensively are a, are a good team. They've got a great record in the Bundesliga and they've obviously made it through to the knockout rounds of the Champions League. But Man City just absolutely destroyed them. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne, I absolutely love watching Kevin De Bruyne play football. He is, for me, he is the best. He's the best midfielder in the world. I know that there's, you know, people people talking about Casemiro obviously this season. Odegaard, you've got Bellingham. People are people are raving about Bellingham. I mean, I know he's like thirty thirty one now, and you know that 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 would make a difference. He's 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 at the latter end of his career, you would imagine. But I mean, if you're talking if 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 West Ham want 110 million for for Declan Rice, what is Kevin De Bruyne worth? You know, forget the age, just go on ability and go on what they do. He, he's he's an incredible footballer and the combination of him and and Haaland is is frightening, absolutely frightening. And talking of Erling Haaland, he <laughs> scored five goals last night. And he was subbed off and he was annoyed that he wasn't left on so that he could score more goals. So he now has 39 for the season in all competitions. That makes him the highest goal scorer in a single season for Man City, a record that has stood since 1929, so so close on 100 years. He's beaten that record. He's the youngest player to 30 Champions League goals in which he has done in 25 games. The guy just keeps going and going and going. Like I say, 39 for the season in all competitions. Premier League-wise, I think he's, he's what's he at? Um, 28, 29, something like that. I can't remember now. I'm trying to have a look whilst talking to you. Um, but he just, honestly, and then, and then you know, it just makes you laugh because people people will say, oh, well, you know, is he, is he the right sort of, uh, the right sort of player for, for Man City? Are, are Man City better without him? Like, are you joking? Are you, are you actually joking? Um, it, oh yeah, I, I can't find, I can't find how many goals he scored, but uh, I know he's beaten last season and the previous season's golden boot number already. So yeah, ridiculous. Um, he's heading into, you know, if he's scoring 40, 50 goals a season, I know this is his first season, but he's, but you know, he was kind of doing similar-ish numbers in uh, at Dortmund as well. If he's going to be in this Man City team or, you know, let's just say he goes to Real Madrid or he ends up at PSG, 
he's going to be averaging 40, 50 goals a season. That's Messi and Ronaldo territory. So, unbelievable. I mean, fifth hat-trick of the season as well. I think it was his 17th career hat-trick. <laughs> I mean, what... I, I don't know. It's it's astonishing. And and the thing is, again, I mentioned it on this podcast before that people say, oh, well, he's a tapping merchant and all of this and all of that. You know, he, I mean, he turns, he, he turns 23 in, in July. So he's 22 right now. It's unbelievable. The numbers that he is, that he's, he's doing already. 26 in 28 in the league for Man City. You know, 67 in 62 in the league for Dortmund. 16 in 17 for Salzburg in the league. What more can I say? What more can I say is just, yeah, 39 this season, 29 the season before in the, in, in it for Dortmund, 41 before that, 16 before that in, in 18 games. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And, and he's just going to get better and better. But his movement, his desire, I mean, even after he'd scored four goals, he was still pressing the goalkeeper and, you know, making an absolute nuisance of himself. What a player. And, you know, if Man City cannot win the Champions League with him in the team, they are never going to win it. If you want my opinion, I think Real Madrid are going to win it again. It's just Real Madrid and that competition... They're just made for each other, aren't they? So we'll wait and see. Uh, talking of Champions League, Liverpool do play Real Madrid tonight. It's the second leg. As we know, Real Madrid are 5-2 up from that. So you could see Liverpool winning possibly on the night. But it is going to take some sort of miracle for them to, to go through. Just quickly to touch on some Europa League stuff. Uh, United did run out winners against Real Betis last week. Ayozi Perez scoring for Real Betis. Leicester should get him. He's a good look. He looked all right, actually. He looked, he looked pretty good. And Arsenal got a draw away at Lisbon. So I expect Man United will be absolutely fine in their second leg. And with the home advantage, I do think that Arsenal will also progress. Last week, Chelsea went through beating Dortmund over the two legs, but Tottenham did go out. They lost. They drew nil nil, went out one uh, nil on aggregate to AC Milan, and I thought Tottenham were very very poor considering it's knockout competition or the knockout stages of the competition. There was just no desire. There was no fight. It's it was um, it was very very subdued from from Spurs and there's been a lot of talk since then about uh, Antonio Conte is he going to remain at Tottenham beyond this season I don't think he will uh, there's there's been rumours that Luis Enrique the former for former Spain manager uh, will take over there's also talk of Marco Silva who's done a wonderful job at Fulham as well Brendan Rodgers' name has been mentioned but you know at the moment his stock is very very low for obvious reasons so it remains to be seen what happens at Spurs but they are out of Europe and once again are trophyless for the season so there we go 
Right then, before I look at this weekend's fixtures, I want to talk about the relegation fight that we are currently seeing in the Premier League. So we have a quick look at the table just so I get this absolutely right. So you can almost you can you can split the table into three effectively. Those that are going for the Champions League, those that are going for other European spots, and then those that are in trouble from a relegation point of view. And if you look at the table from 12th down, so in 12th you've got Palace on 27 points. Then you've got Wolves on 27 points. Forest on 26, but they've got a game in hand. Everton on 25. Leicester on 24, but they also have only played 26 games like Forest. West Ham on 24. Bournemouth on 24, and they're only in the bottom three on goal difference with a minus 26 goal difference compared to West Ham's minus 10 and Leicester's minus 9. So... Bournemouth are in there due to their goal difference. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the 9-0 against Liverpool you know, did, does not help. Leeds are then on 23. Again, played 26 games in Southampton, are also on 23 and are bottom as they have got a goal difference of minus 21 compared to Leeds minus 11. So between 12th and 20th, you've got a four-point gap. Any one of these teams can get relegated. Now, Crystal Palace are on a really, really bad run. I don't think they have won now in 11 games or they've won one in 11. Wolves, they seem to pick up some points and then they drop off and then they pick up some points and then they drop off. Forest had that sort of mini resurgence, but then injuries have hit Forest in a bad way, especially at centre-back. And again, they've started to drop some more points and concede some goals. Everton have started to pick up some points with Sean Dyche there in charge. And then you've got that 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 group of three, Leicester, West Ham and Bournemouth. Now, Bournemouth have, have pulled off a shock result by beating by beating Liverpool. You know, it, it really isn't a result that that the likes of West Ham and Leicester or Everton really, really needed. When I when I look at Bournemouth, and although it is seen as a shock result, what I see is a team that want to play and want to fight for each other. Now, I've not seen a lot of Leeds United, and I only really go on what what Sam says, my uh, my good friend who is on has been on the podcast previously, in that he really thinks Leeds are are done for. Um, he thinks that that's it, that they're gone. And then you look at Southampton, who have drawn away at Old Trafford, beat Leicester, um, and picked up picked up some other points as well. And it is just ridiculously tight down there. Now, I imagine that if I was to bring on a fan of each club, and I'll obviously represent Leicester, each one of those would say, I think we're going to go down. 
I think if you, if, you know, I think Palace fans are, are definitely worried. Wolves, I'm not so sure. I think that Wolves, are, I think, I think Wolves fans have actually got a bit of confidence in the manager and the players, and that they'll be able to, that they'll be absolutely fine. You know, I think Forest, I think they're going to be twitching a little bit. Everton fans, they still think they're very much in it. Leicester fans, they definitely think they are going down. And one of those is sitting here. I do I do think Leicester will go down. And the main reason that I think that is because when I watch teams like Everton or I watch Bournemouth or, or even Forest, I see a fight and a determination and I see I, I, I see managers that are trying different things. You know, Sean Dyche is, will, has gone in there and he's tried to make them stronger. He's gone with players that he trusts. He's, you know, he's recalled Michael Keane's back in the team. You know, Keane and Tarkowski at the back, the Burnley boys, aren't they? They, they? they work for Dyche at Burnley. He's got the band back together. Unfortunately, what I see from Leicester is a complete lack of fight, a complete lack of wanting to play for the manager, and a manager who is tactically absolutely crippling this team, making poor decisions on the field, saying the wrong things off the field as well. So it's it's really, really worrying for me as a Leicester fan that we are right down there and that we don't seem to show much fight. Now... Yeah, you can look at things like chances created and all of that. And you know what? If if that game had been a draw against Chelsea at the weekend, I think Leicester would have been delighted. I think Chelsea would have been been annoyed. But it could have happened. Dewsbury Hall missed an absolute sitter to make it 2-2. But then you look at it in reality, and Chelsea did have the ball in the net five times. But two of them were, were ruled out for VAR. I think, yes. VAR and, and one was given offside and, and confirmed by VAR. So, um, you know, Leicester are creating chances and, and you can look at stats and you can look at things like XG and all this nonsense and go, well, Leicester created, had an XG of 2.5, which means they should have scored at least two goals and they only scored the one and blah, blah, blah. I heard a quote on the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast, which if you are a Leicester fan, even if you're not actually, go and listen to it because it's brilliant. Uh, they have some great guests on there. Really, uh, you know, parts of it are very, very insightful and parts of it are absolute chaos and it's hilarious. So go and check them out. And I heard a quote on there or a saying on there that, look, stats will give you 40% of what you need to know. Your eyes will give you the other 60 and as fans, we've got the eyes that can see that it's just not working. So that's why my big concern is that Leicester will go down. What's going to be interesting over the next few weeks is obviously the fixtures that these teams have got. And you have to excuse me because I've, I have got my phone in front of me. For those of you look, watching on YouTube, you know, Palace have got a lot of games. Majority of their games are against the teams around them. So they're playing Brighton tonight and they play Arsenal, who obviously aren't around them. But then if these games are in order, which I believe they are, 
they've got Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, Everton, Wolves, West Ham, all in a row. They are all winnable games. But then the opposition, so Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, Everton, Wolves, West Ham, will all think that, oh, we can pick some points up there against Crystal Palace. That will help. And then they've got Spurs, Bournemouth, who are obviously down there, Fulham, and then Forest at home on the final game of the season. I think for me, the one that the one that I would, if I was a fan of this club, and luckily I'm not, I look at Forest fixtures and I think to myself, they could really, really end up dropping. But it all depends on what the teams around them do. So Forest running is Newcastle at home, Wolves at home, Leeds away, and then they've got Villa, who are going to be fighting for a European place. United at home, who want to solidify that top four. Liverpool away, who could still make the top four. Brighton and Brentford, respectively, both looking to get into Europe this season. Then they play another team around them in Southampton. Then they've got Chelsea, Arsenal, and then Crystal Palace final game of the season. uh, Wolves, sorry, Forest running looks tricky for them. Um, And no pun intended there. Similarly, I think with Everton as well, They've got to play Chelsea, Spurs, United, Newcastle and City. Um, Leicester, Brentford this weekend, then Palace, then Villa. It says Villa away, but that's not. That's a home game. Uh, Bournemouth, City away. It says here it's a home game. It's not. Wolves, Leeds, Everton, Fulham, Liverpool, Newcastle, West Ham. You know, for me, uh, as a... As a Leicester fan, I look at those and I think that there are one, two, three, potentially four winnable games there. Maybe I'm being a bit delusional. Four winnable games, that's 12 points, that's 36. I think 36, 37, people are going to be listening to this saying, well, you're going to say that because you've just said Leicester are going to get 36 points. I think 36, 37 points will keep a team up this season, but it'll be very, very close. Um, Bournemouth, they're going to have a lot to say in this running. And then Southampton. I know Southampton have started to pick up points and they've you know, ensured that they have gone into these, this final run, this, this last sort of um, third of the season. They've ensured that they're not completely cut adrift. You know, they are only two points from from getting out of, well, three points from getting out of the bottom three. But I look at their running as well. United, Brentford, Spurs, City, Arsenal, Newcastle, Liverpool. That is a tough, tough running. Now, I did, uh, I might share this on my my Twitter, actually, so you can see um, some of the home and away bits are wrong, like I've just noticed with the Leicester one. Uh, the Villa game, like I say, is at home and, and City is away, unfortunately. Um, I'll post this on my Twitter, but I I did a, um, I went on to one of those where you can put the results in and it basically calculates the table as you go along. And uh, I went through it to the end of the season. Now, again, 
you've all heard my predictions on here. They're pretty shit. And we just don't know what's going to happen. And I don't, you can't predict what's going to happen in 12 weeks time. You know, there could be, you know, Forrest could play United and United could have half a team missing with food poisoning or, or something like that. And Forrest end up winning or a player gets sent off and, someone wins because you know the etc you just don't do not know but taking it on face value and bear in mind i am a leicester fan i had it that the bottom three would be southampton bottom then forest then bournemouth i had leicester safe by three points now, that contradicts ex- everything that I've just said about five, ten minutes ago where I said, I think Leicester will go down. But I did it anyway. I put these things in. And I was expecting, once I'd put the results in, and I was being, I would say I was being fairly sort of on the money with it. I don't think there would be too many disagreeing with my predictions. I thought, well, as I was going through it, I thought, well, Bloody hell, at this rate, I've got Leicester finishing bottom here, uh, but I didn't. The reality is we will not know until the final game of the season. Now, there is a there is a part of me, there is a sick part of me that is looking forward to the running for a relegation battle. This isn't my first rodeo of relegation when it comes to Leicester, you know, those of you that know me will know I've supported the club for a long time. I've seen us relegated from the Premier League twice. I've seen us relegated from the Championship into League One. This is nothing new to me. But it hurts because for me, I think that Leicester have done some amazing stuff and it wasn't that long ago that we were pushing for Champions League places, etc., etc. But we're never going to be competing at the top year on year just because you can't when you're Leicester. So although there's part of me that's looking forward to this relegation running because that buzz that I'll get should... Leicester scrape it through on, on, on the final day. The relief will be unreal. But I'm also aware that if it goes to the final day and we end up losing and it ends up being some horrible VAR decision or something like that, I'll be absolutely devastated. And I'm, I'm not even joking. You will You will not hear from me. I will not do a final podcast of the season if that happens. And it'll be hard and it'll be horrible and then it'll be a season in the championship. And what a a league that is, by the way. I mean, again, you look at the championship and anyone from about 11th up to seven, you know, there's there's about 11 teams that could still make the playoffs. And then there's a couple of teams in the playoffs that can still make automatic promotion. I mean, I think Burnley are pretty much promoted, but it's it's going to be a very interesting few weeks. It's going to be 
quite exciting for the neutrals if you are not a fan of, for example, Arsenal or Man City, who are obviously vying for the league. It's going to be horrible, but at the same time, um, I'm hoping. I really am. And in my head, Jamie Vardy scores the winner against West Ham on the final game of the season and keeps Leicester in the Premier League and then he announces his retirement. Wouldn't that be wonderful? So that's my thoughts on the relegation battle. Like I say, my predictions based on me putting the results in were that the bottom three would be Southampton, Forest and Bournemouth, uh, which would be music to the ears of everyone else if that does come true. But there's not a lot I get right (laughs) when it comes to predicting football. Otherwise, I'd be absolutely minted and I'd be fleecing the bookies every week. But they're not. They fleece me instead. So there we go. Right then. Let's look forward to the weekend's Premier League fixtures. Just loading them up now. So Brighton are currently 1-0 up against Crystal Palace. And Brentford are currently beating Southampton. That's good news. That's good news. Right, Friday night. Friday night football. Love a bit of Friday night football, me. So Friday the 17th, we have Nottingham Forest against Newcastle. I will be hoping for a Newcastle win there. Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoffs. Aston Villa against Bournemouth. Hmm. I'm going to go for a Villa win on that one. Brentford versus Leicester. I know Brentford have, are playing tonight and then they've got to play again on Saturday, but I don't think that makes a difference. Leicester have got a decent record at Brentford. Uh, we've had some we've had some good results there over the last couple of years. There needs to be a, a massive, massive response. Right, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go for... It doesn't sound very positive. I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a draw on that one. Southampton against Spurs. I mean, you just never know with Spurs, do you? I'd like to think Spurs will win this, you know, especially if Leicester can pick up a point and Bournemouth lose. Yeah, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for Spurs. Let Harry Kane get a couple of goals there. Wolves versus Leeds, I think, has got draw written all over it. Chelsea, Everton. Now, this will be interesting because Everton are obviously fighting for their lives. Chelsea have picked up some results recently. And despite having one or two injuries, they have got players that are very much in form. Uh, And like I say, watching them Saturday, you know, once I kind of look past the anger that I had, you know, Chelsea do have some very, very good players. So I'm going to go for Chelsea to win there. And then Sunday, we have one game, and that is Arsenal versus Crystal Palace, which I think Arsenal will win. 
And then we don't have any Premier League games then until the 1st of April because we have an international break. So I'll do a podcast next week. We'll talk about the games from the weekend coming up and see what happens. There's some fingers crossed. There's some positive results uh, where I need positive results anyway. Um, I don't care about the rest of you really, to be honest. There you go. Just being honest. And during the international break, I will be going to see England under-21s play France under-21s at the glorious King Power Stadium with Sonny and his lovely wife, Kaylee. We're going to go and watch the under-21s play France. So that'll be good. Uh, squad announcement, I believe, for both the under-21s and the senior team is this this Friday, I think it is, that those squads are being announced. Um, I don't think we're going to get any surprises, really, from the from the England squad announcement. Um, it'd be interesting to see if the likes of Mason Mount get picked because he's not really been playing for Chelsea. Uh, will James Madison get called up again? I would prefer it if he didn't, to be honest. He's only just come back from injury himself. So... Watch this space, I guess, with with the with the England team and uh, the England squad. Uh, I believe we play we play two games, Italy and, and somebody else. Um, shows how much I care. To be honest, I am I am very much club over country right now. So yeah, I I, I don't exactly know who they're playing. They are definitely playing Italy because uh, I know that I'm going out to watch it with Sam, which would be good. Right, that is enough of me waffling. That's me done for this week. This has been episode 33. Thank you very much for listening or watching or wherever you are taking in this podcast, whether it's on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, or Podbean. It is very much appreciated. You can also check out the Games and Graps podcast over on the Games and Graps podcast feed. And on there as well is also the Clubhouse, which is Sunny's fantastic podcast. And Finn is still smashing it over on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash the Finn Steel. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, stay well, and I will see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>